Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's a new season. It's a new show. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on the web at milwcar.com. Beautiful weekend, Matt Barlow. Be it a, is. It'd be a fantastic time to get out the Great Lakes Dragway, because yes, they are still open, and they're pretty much open until the snow flies, so if you get a chance, go down there and uh, check out what's happening down in Union Grove, and uh, it's just, it's a... Uh, Boy, this weather is It's November, phenomenal. right? Yeah, I it know. It's, it's hard yeah. to believe. I don't know what happened with these chairs in the studio, but they <laughs> are all screwed up. See, but when I left, I mean, the chairs were still messed up, and I'm, I'm glad to see that things well, haven't were, changed since I came back. They were fine for a while. I don't know what happened in between weeks here, between last week and this week. But we'll probably just blame Mike McGivern. That's probably the easiest thing to do, because he was going, sitting well, in that this, chair before you. The one, yeah, the one that he was sitting in that we were on the, I don't know, the... the Sparky's, I'm in Sparky's chair during the big show. Right. And I, we've always had, I've I've always been comfortable when we redid the studios here. I've always been comfortable in this spot. I kind of like looking out the window and whatnot. You can right. see the ABC audio video monitors Absolutely. too. Watch a little bit of the Badger game. Yep. And, but I mean, this thing was facing, bending like forward. So you're kind of like falling out of the chair and it's, it's just, it's, and you got to lean up against the table a little bit. Yeah, I don't. Well, I did the other one too, and the other one is kind of tilted down. So right. I don't know if they had some. Uh, I mean, I would put our uh, weight of the average DJ here against yeah. pretty much everybody. I mean, <laughs> right, right. I mean, all of us here pretty much easily outweigh the Kiss guys. Oh by yeah, about I think, 100 I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it's. Um, yeah, this is very uncomfortable. This ain't gonna go. I might have to stand, yeah. which is fine. I yeah. usually do stand for some of the show, so we'll make it work. We'll figure it out somehow. So it's yeah. good to have you back. Thank you, sir. It's been a year and a half, and um, I thought I started this morning at ten o'clock. I got in here a little bit early to get some retraining yeah. before I started running the right. board. And then Greg is in here before me. He's like, "No, you you start at nine o'clock." I was like, "Oh, well, I got here at nine o'clock, so I guess it worked out." But then it just kind of threw me into the fire. So no huge problems yet, but it is definitely good to be back. Well, I mean, if Mitch can handle it. Well, they're I mean, right. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. filling in for Mitch, so it can't be too hard, right? Yeah, it's not too hard. You know, just, but this is, you know, as we as we like to say, this is the stepstone to greatness. This show, right? Absolutely. If you yeah. if you've seen the people that have been on this show, such as Rami, Radio Joe, who's right. out, out in uh, where is it Evanston? Evanston. Yep. For the Northwestern Doing game, the updates, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, guys in the past have just see before I came back i was doing the cutting edge outdoors show so i feel now that i'm like with you i i am moving up that totem pole because i've gone from cutting edge outdoors to steve zaki's inspection yes yeah, here we go surely right yeah. not waking up at four in the morning was pretty nice today 
I, yes. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not a fan of it. Right. I am not either. Not a morning person. As even if it's, and it gets worse when it's dark out. Yes, absolutely. And, and this daylight savings is what, tonight? Uh, yeah. That's good. We get Fall an back. hour, though. Right, right. Fall back, spring forward. I like that. Yeah. Kind of, because we get an hour, but now it's getting cold. But like you said, we're looking out right now because it's about 65 degrees today, from what I, I heard. can't complain. No. I'm wearing shorts today. I'm wearing shorts, too. And I'm not one of these weirdo guys who wear shorts when it's 30, but right. if it's above 60, I'll wear shorts. I am one of those weirdo guys sometimes. You wear shorts all the time? Sometimes. Well, I mean, if it's like negative 10, I'll put pants on. But if it's you know going to be creeping into the 40s, I'll probably wear shorts. Now, that's an interesting, because people criticize guys for wearing shorts when it's 30. Yeah. But if, if women can wear skirts. Yeah, what's the difference? Right. Yeah. And I men don't... like to look at women in skirts. So, right. I mean. So I, I don't know what the big deal is wearing. I don't either. But anyways. It's going to be a full show today, though. Yeah, what are yeah, we doing? We got a full show. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here coming up, and then when we come back, we'll talk to Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio. We're going to do a cu- couple segments with him and get the latest in NASCAR, what's happening. They're down in Texas this week Okay. as we got a few more races to go in the chase. And then we'll, um, towards the, at the bottom, well, actually about quarter to the hour, and we have a Badger touchdown. We do. Yes, PV. Uh, I, I don't know if that was an end around or what. But, Looked like it. Uh, and then we have uh, Fast Eddie. Eddie Lapine will be joining us. We'll be talking about the latest in IndyCar racing, the silly season. Also some changes uh, in uh, the manufacturers uh, that's happening with uh, Audi and Volkswagen, some stuff that's happening there. We'll talk to him. And then hopefully we're the second hour is going to be interesting. We're going to try and coordinate this. Uh, we, we're, we're, we're going worldwide in the second hour. Really? Yes. Uh, we're going to try and get uh, David Hobbs on. He's okay. our Formula One expert. Talk yep. some Formula One with him. He's in Chicago. Okay. Uh, Carl Haas, who is a very influential uh, uh, player in auto racing, passed away uh, about a month ago. Or so they're having a memorial service down there. He had partnered with Paul Newman okay. and had an IndyCar team. Uh, all around neat guy. And he was actually my first boss at the Milwaukee Mile when I started to work there about 20 years ago. And uh, we he's down there. He's going to try and squeeze us in, and we'll talk some Formula One with him. And also talk a little bit about John Fitzpatrick. Now, I don't expect you to know John no. Fitzpatrick, but John Fitzpatrick is an Englishman, and Hobbs actually drove for him in the 80s in wow. the wild and crazy IMSA days in road racing when there's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, interesting. Uh, and John Fitzpatrick is an Englishman who is now a golfer and lives I love in Spain. Golf. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah, he like was a professional one of, golfer. Uh, he well, I tell you, here's a story. He was gonna be a golfer. He was in England and was on his way to be a professional golfer, and had a accident in which he broke both of his wrists. Really? Never got a swing back. Yeah, you'd think that'd be hard to do when you break your wrists. Right, right. So he he kind of pointed in the direction of auto racing, took to it, and was a very successful driver and drove for many years, and then became a car owner and Hobbs drove for him and. And raced uh, around the world at Le Mans, uh, 24 hours at Daytona, of course, in the U.S. here in the 80s and that, and is back in, uh, lives in Spain, and is actually a distributor of golf carts. Wow. And does a lot with golf in Spain. He combined both, racing yeah. and, and Well, golf he's kind too. of retired from racing, but he did a book on auto racing. It's called uh, Fits, My, My Life in Motorsports. Uh, which just just came out, and I did a review that's on RacingNation.com, and uh, hopefully uh, we should be able to talk to him. At, I believe it's going to be about 6.30 when we okay. talk to him in Spain. So we'll talk to him at the end of the show, and then uh, may, we might bring uh, Dennis Michelson back for the final segment, or we might play a, an interview from Texas Motor Speedway 
from one of the NASCAR drivers. So it should be a fun show. So buckle in and uh, enjoy the show, and we'll be back after this moment. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Association on the web at milwcar.com. is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove, driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Yeah, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on the web at milwcar.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Dennis Michelson of Race Talk Radio. Welcome to the show as always, Dennis. Mr. Z-Man, it's always a pleasure to be here. You know, I drove into the parking lot today, and the first thing I saw was one of those Damn Cub W flags in our <laughs> parking lot. Can you believe that, Dennis? Absolutely. Uh, ah. I've done my very best to try to pollute the area up there with some Cub fans. Oh, and he had Wisconsin plates on. That's it, okay. They, it's, it's it's allowed. We I was selling tickets to the uh, Cub bandwagon, and we had lots of takers from uh, from Wisconsin. And, so. Uh, Welcome aboard. Welcome and, aboard. I'm, I'm, you know, enjoy your stay here. In fact, I might, I might send Barlow out to uh, at the break here and get some eggs from uh, Pick and Save here, and get uh, we'll throw some eggs at the car. <laughs> Use it for target practice or something. That's that's a song. There you go. It's bad enough our guy in the you know Rami, you know, former producer of the show. I actually did congratulate him on his on the Cubs win because I know he's been a diehard. Uh, Cubs fan since he started here, uh, pretty much right after the station started. R- roughly, we started r- at roughly about the same time. So, I will give that to him. Uh, but seriously, though, uh, it, it, it's yeah. It, it I tell you what, it it you got to give him credit. I mean, this was you couldn't ask for a better story. Two iconic uh, franchises that have been struggling for so many years. I mean that, and and that shows you. I mean the ratings were just it blew everything. I mean in the past they've been hard pressed to pass the NFL on Sunday night. They just blew them right out of the water, didn't they? Yeah, it was a great World Series uh, matchup. But here's the thing that Milwaukee area sports fans have to keep in mind: just a few years ago, the Cubs lost over a hundred games. Right. It wasn't that long ago, and they did this complete tear the team down. Every year they're trading two or three of their starting pitchers at the, before the deadline. They're tanking, but they're building. And I see that same thing right now going on with the Milwaukee Brewers. There is a lot of good young talent that is down in the minor leagues, and if you get all of that good young talent that comes up at the same time, you're going to have a, a nice little run. And that's what the Cubs were able to do. And you sprinkle in a few free agents, and next thing you know, 
uh, we're we're getting our uh, our win for the century. So um, just uh, great to see, but uh, very exciting indeed. And you know, this is some of the excitement that we need to see in racing now. I mean, when was the last time we had an iconic matchup in anything in racing that got you excited? Um, that's why this series was so important. Plus, Cup fans are just insane. There's no getting around that. Well, that's the thing, and I think the only thing that would that could bring anything close to that, and I, even if this would happen, it wouldn't it wouldn't work. But I mean, it, if somehow we could go in the time machine and fix a junior's brain, and oh, fix Tony Stewart's brain for that matter, perhaps maybe, and then get I mean, Tony Stewart and Dale Earnhardt Jr. fighting for the championship in Homestead would probably be the closest thing you could get to that. Yeah, Dale Jr. versus anyone would be the iconic matchup that you would want. But here's the problem with this, Z-Man, is, you know, how many years have, have they been playing baseball, like, forever? Right. How many iconic Game 7 moments have we seen in the history of the World Series? Maybe, like, seven the entire time. You can't force right. a Game 7 moment. And that's what the chase format tries to do, is they try to pretend that we'll make this exciting each and every year, and it'll be the big showdown. Fans don't fall for that. And if you look at the ratings of the chase, ever since they put this format in, they continue to drop. What that tells you is that race fans are not the same as stick and ball sport fans, but yet the powers that be at Daytona still try to treat them like that. And until we get away from that mindset, uh, we're not going to see a Game 7 moment. The last Game 7-type moment that we had in NASCAR, you have to go all the way back to when Alan Kowicki won the championship. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I agree with that. That was an iconic, and that was not only because it was the final race of the year, but you had so many backstories, too. I mean, the backstories in that race were incredible. Richard Petty's last race, Jeff Gordon's first race. And you had the, the three iconic drivers. You had the, you know, Davey Allison. You got the Heritage, Huey Town Gang, Allison Family. You had Bill Elliott, Awesome Bill, who was, you know, one of the fan favorites. And the classic underdog, Alan Kowicki, the Yankee, all that stuff, all wrapped in one was incredible. But I think, I mean, you have to admit that Jimmy Johnson, Tony Stewart battle at Homestead, you know, was that 08? Was it now maybe? That was but pretty who cares? good. Who cares? Uh, See, it was it was so convoluted of the setup, and that is it was even at least in the chase. You know, when you had ten races decide it based on points, so at least it was a little closer to being natural. But you know, you cannot force these game seven moments. The, the last game seven moment that NASCAR had was ironically before long before they cared about trying to manufacture a Game 7 moment because Kowicki was the Cleveland Indians. He was the underdog that just kept getting it done each and every week. And then pick your, you know, you actually had two Chicago Cups because you had the Alabama gang versus the Bill Elliott gang, and that was two huge fan bases back in the day. And then, of course, you had, like you said, the side stories with, the, you know, your greatest champion of all time, at that point, retiring, and this new kid on the block 
that we didn't even know how good he was going to be. So you had all of these things that came in just naturally, and they all evolved. And until we get back to letting things evolve rather than trying to force feed them, we won't get any excitement. If, if Major League Baseball tried to find a way by resetting the scores in the ninth inning or, or doing something weird and funky, the fans wouldn't stand for it. And you wouldn't have that Game 7 specialty. You know, you don't get it every year. And that's what makes it more special. And that's what the folks at NASCAR don't understand. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I still say that was a pretty iconic race, though. I mean, that was compelling racing to watch in that, you know, because it was the guy who finishes ahead of the other one wins. And you can't get much simpler than that with uh, the uh, Harvick. Was it Harvick Johnson? No, Stuart Stuart Edwards. See, maybe maybe Stuart, you are right because yeah. I'm forgetting who the players were. Well, this is the problem that you have <laughs> is is that we've had two pretty cool moments in NASCAR since the '92 and since the Chase format, quite frankly, because the one you mentioned with Stuart pulling out the win, which was against all odds, and then you had the one where you know last year Harvick pulled out the win where he had to win to get in the week before and then win again to win the championship. That's pretty cool. That's pretty exciting. But it didn't captivate the fan base like this Game 7 did. And my my point is it's because people are given Game 7 moments every year. It makes it less special. Um, And and that's the, the biggest problem that NASCAR has right now is there's nothing right now that's so special. You know, restarts are all what it is. It's it's that first five laps after a restart that where all the tension and all the drama is, and we've gotten away from the actual act of racing. And to me, that's, you know, this is the problem that we have is when we try to make a sport that isn't like a stick-and-ball sport, like a stick-and-ball sport with playoffs and elimination rounds and, Final fours, although they don't call it that because they don't want to get sued by the NCAA. When you when you force feed all of these things, so they happen every year, they're going to make them less special. And we see it by the TV ratings. You talk about pro football Sunday night ratings getting beat, you know, getting the the tar beat out of them by baseball. How about the NASCAR ratings going up against absolutely nothing during the day last Sunday? except for NFL football, which, quite frankly, there wasn't an iconic game in the matchup all last uh, weekend as far as the NFL goes. There wasn't one game that, that during the day on Sunday that said to you, gosh, i got to watch this thing, unless you were a fan of that particular team and you always watch them. But there was not an iconic matchup that everybody's been looking forward to. And then NASCAR ratings slipped another notch at a track, Martinsville, where people have fallen in love with this short track racing again, yet the ratings continued to plummet. And it just it, it's it's heartbreaking for me to see as a big NASCAR fan, because I told you a long long time ago, the only thing that would that would keep me from watching a NASCAR race live is maybe a game six or a game seven, a deciding game of the World Series with my Cubs playing. Otherwise, I'm going to watch racing over any other sport seven days a week if I have that option. But 
they're not even captivating the lifelong diehard fans like me anymore. And that's when you realize that's sort of the canary in the coal mine. When you get guys who just have loved NASCAR racing for years and now they're not as captivated by it. And you could tell that by the numbers, by the rating numbers and by the attendance at the track. Um, Speedway Motorsports just released their, their earnings for this year so far. And their most profitable event was the football game at Bristol Motor Speedway. If that doesn't tell you that there's trouble in this NASCAR world, you look at that, you look at the fact that they do not have a sponsor named for next year yet, you look at those two problems and you realize, my goodness, something's going on here. And the thing that's going on here is ordinary, predictable racing. You just wonder who... who who that could be the title sponsor next year, if it's going to be a, cause in the past, you know, something, something like iconic is NASCAR title sponsorship is going to be an iconic, like a name you recognize, but you wonder if it's going to be, you know, something, you know, the Clorox bleach series or who knows what, you know I mean? Is it, is it going to be that big name that it sounds, you know, I mean, Winston Cup is still, the, I think, one of the best names because it was a, you know, Winston Cup. It just was, it flowed nice. And, you know, then you got into the, well, every sport's been, you know, the, with with the telecommunications, the sponsorships, name changes and everything, you know, Nextel, the Sprint, whatnot, you know, that, that, that doesn't help anything. But it'll be curious to see who they signed for. Uh, title sponsor question for you, sir. Michael Annette is running, uh, is going back to the Xfinity series, uh, next year, uh, full-time with JR Motorsports. Could that be part of the reason with, uh, with their, with them changing the format, limiting the cup drivers where if you're a backmarker in these cup series where you might go, oh, you know, I'm going to have less cup guys running in, screwing things up. There's a chance for me to actually win some Xfinity races next year. What do you think? Well, yeah, the the problem that I see is this is a a sign that costs for even the backmarker teams are going up because Michael Annette's got the funding he needs. He's got the iconic brand behind him because Dad owns a a trucking firm that uses their diesel fuel. And part of the deal for doing that is to fund the race team, and that's a great arrangement. Michael Annette's a very talented young racer. Do we know how good this kid is? No, because we've never seen him really in top, top notch equipment. Now we get to see him go to the Xfinity series in one of the better cars next to the JGR cars. I think the junior motorsports stuff is the second best equipment right now in that garage. And we get to see him in there. What this is a sign is that it's as expensive to run full time for a championship in Xfinity as it is to be a middle-of-the-road team in the Cup Series, that's pretty scary because it shouldn't be that way. You shouldn't have it be that expensive to run for a championship in the Xfinity Series, but this is what we're going to see next year. And I, and I wish him luck. I, I really like the kid. I've, I've followed his career all the way from when he was running those ASA late model races, coming up through the ranks at uh, tracks all over the Midwest. He's a good kid and um, a hard racing kid, but 
um, you know, I, I think we'll get a chance to finally see just how talented he is. You want to hang over uh, through the break here, sir? Absolutely. You're listening to Dennis Michelson on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Time for a sports flash here with Matt Barlow. Uh, you're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on the web at milwcar.com. Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Napa Auto Care Association on the web at milwcar.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Dennis Michelson from racetalkradio.com. Dennis, what's the latest happening at Racetalk Radio? Oh, we've been having a great old time. We got a chance to visit with Mr. Kevin Olson, the legendary uh, uh, midget racer and also uh, interviewed uh, Trevor Ashline from Simpson Performance Products all about a, a new head and neck restraint um, for folks that like to do high performance driving events in their own car. Now you can have the same safety as a NASCAR driver or at least uh, be protected against uh, neck injuries when you go out for a track day at a road course like Road America. So uh, a lot of fun stuff and uh, lots of uh, other Fun, exciting stuff coming up, and also uh, visited with uh, a Milwaukee area racer by the name of Sam Mayer um, this past week, and we've got another Milwaukee area racer, Brandon Lumpke, who runs uh, go karts. Um, he's quite a one of the best uh, karting uh, racers in the Midwest. Uh, so lots of fun stuff over at racetalkradio.com, and of course. We annoy the NASCAR world with the last honest NASCAR radio show, The Thunder Crew, with Laurie Monroe and Mike Harper, every Tuesday night. Excellent. Uh, could we see a 2017 NASCAR season without Greg Biffle in the 16 car? Well, it sounds like we're going to see Greg Biffle with another team next year, so that'll be uh, an interesting switch. Um, it's the hottest rumor right now. So, um, yeah, it would be weird to see all of the the old guard, if you will, from um, from all the glory years that we you know back when Roush actually won races, uh, all be replaced over there. Um, so, Greg Biffle, the rumor about him leaving is really uh, really kind of interesting. But um, you know, it depends on who you talk to because. Some say he's still got a contract for one more year, uh, and then others are, are rumoring him uh, to move over uh, to another uh, team. So I'm really not sure which way it's going to go, and uh, it'll be very interesting to see. Does he end up with uh, with Harry Scott, or does he stay with Jack for one more year? Um, I guess the interesting twist is he actually owns the piece of real estate that the uh, Scott Motorsports uh, team uh, he has and rents from him. So it's kind of a weird deal that 
the guy who owns the building would, would be their new driver, maybe. That's interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of that happening, you know, in the world of NASCAR. These guys are making so much money, and you got to do something with that money, right? Well, the old uh, Dale Earnhardt uh, used to give advice to every young racer that came into town. Uh, he says, buy real estate. They're not making any more of it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, it almost of course... sounds like something you'd hear from Yogi Berra, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, we have the starting lineup uh, for the Texas Motor Speedway, the 12th annual Triple uh, A Texas 500. Of course, Austin Dillon on the pole, Joey Logano second, with Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, Kyle Larson, who continues to have a great second half. But I mean, it, just think if he didn't have that that, that glitch during the chase, I, I think he'd still be quite the contender, wouldn't he? Yeah, the the one bad race kind of did him in, or he would have survived at least to the uh, to the last round. I'm not sure if the bear would have gotten him or the net would have gotten him in the woods when they were trying to get it down to eight, or if he would just, you know, slip and, and fall into the water instead of getting on the rowboat. But he certainly would have made it past the first round if he hadn't had that problem. And Now, this is a track where it's just really built for Kyle Larson. Last night during the truck race, we saw Mr. Johnny Sauter, God bless America, uh, go ahead and, and win with a pass on the outside. And, you know, nobody loves to run the high side of a track more than Kyle Larson in today's cup world. Right. And, uh, you know, touching base on that ra- on the truck race last night, I mean, if you look at Johnny Sauter's uh, race or his results, I guess I should say this year, I mean, it, it's perfect. You win the first race at Daytona, so you're locked in. You don't do – pretty much anything the rest of the year. I mean, he had some good races, but I mean, overall, I mean, I, th- I don't think he was satisfied with the year he was having, but then as they got closer to the, the chase, you know, the, the team started improve, improve, improve him and the, the Joe Shear jr. Uh, as crew chief. And then they go out and they win Martinsville last year and they win Texas last night. And, uh, that, that, that GMS racing has really come together nicely. Cause he had Spencer Gallagher, uh, who was leading, you know, kind of dominated the first half of the race, and then Sauter came through and, and just, you know, goes and win, wins the race. And, I mean, looks like he's the favorite going into Homestead. Yeah, great to see the uh, Sauters and Shears uh, teaming back up. You know, that's that's about as Wisconsin racing as you can get. Um, and, you know, they really have peaked at the right time. This is a an interesting team um, with Spencer Gallagher, uh, being the funded driver and Johnny Sauter being the, the hired gun that they brought in who could bring some sponsorship, but still was, you know, he, he didn't get there because he's writing a big check. He's getting there because he's got some sponsors that'll write some decent sized checks, but he's there mainly because of his talent. They wanted a driver there that could help Spencer Gallagher and that team develop. And they certainly found it, you know, two wins, but like you say, uh, or two wins in the chase here, and then the one win to start the year, the rest of the season was just up and down like crazy. The two best trucks all season long uh, have, have clearly been William Byron and mm-hmm. Matt Kraft, and they, they were, again, the solidest can be all season long, and Byron with more wins than, than anybody else. And 
you know, up until last night, it looked like both of those guys uh, might be struggling to make their final four. Um, you know, right now it's it's pretty tight. Uh, you've got, you know, Byron, Bell, Crafton, and Peters, one bad race at Phoenix, and one of those guys is going to be on the outside looking in. And if you get a Ben Kennedy stepping up and winning the race, then you get two of those guys that have been running, you know, pretty good all season long that'll be on the outside looking in. So it's it's kind of, uh, you know, a weird system over there with the truck series. But at least with the truck series, you only got one guy in Timothy Peters that's uh, eligible for a championship despite not having won a race all season. Yeah, it's interesting. That, that Phoenix race, uh, truck race, is always pretty entertaining. For some reason, it, it seems like there's a lot of action on the track, if you want to call it, and a lot of battling going on. And, you know, guys you know, diving through, trying to cut off the dog leg and end. It's always a pretty exciting race to watch. Um, we're definitely looking forward to that. Uh, predictions coming up for uh, Texas uh, tomorrow. Well, I thought I had this thing figured out before qualifying, and I just uh, figured, okay, pick a Joe Gibbs racing team and, and uh, you know, pick your favorite over there, and you'll be go- looking good. And I thought Carl Edwards was going to be uh, the guy to beat. But after qualifying, I'm not so sure, and I'm kind of wondering whether we'll see Joey Logano be the guy that uh, gets it done or we'll see a non-chaser uh, like Kyle Larson. So it should be an interesting race, and qualifying certainly was interesting. You got a couple of the guys like Jimmy Johnson uh, and Denny Hamlin that you would have thought would be really, really tough, and they're way down there in the qualifying. And then you got a guy uh, in Kyle Busch who was like they didn't even show up. You know, they, they uh, had to go to a backup car, and then they forgot to hook something up and ended up uh, not even making it uh, into the second round of qualifying yesterday. So just very, very bizarre uh, what is going on. Three guys that you thought were going to be great, and they're going to be starting from, you know, 19th and worse uh, tomorrow with uh, Jimmy Johnson in the 10th row and Kyle Busch all the way back in row 12. You're listening to Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio um, on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Uh, real quick, before we take a break here, we'll be talking to your buddy, Timothy Frost, on the business of racing after the break here. But before we go, well, one last question. Alex Bowman seems to be making a good accounting himself, a young driver, a little short on experience, but he's he's getting kind of uh, the, I mean, if you're a young driver, you're getting the uh, kind of the tryout you want to get, right, in, the, in that 88 car. Is he helping himself so far or hurting himself? Oh, he's helping himself considerably. Um, this is a young man that I got to see race when he was only like 14 or 15, racing some open-wheel stuff, um, you know, uh, on the dirt tracks and on pavement and working his way up. And then when I saw him in a in a late model the first time, I thought, this kid is going to be unbelievable. And he has turned out to be that. Um, he's gone as far as his money will take him at this point. And so he needed a break like this. And, you know, for Alex Bowman, if you had the choice, if you're looking at the landscape of possible rides after proving that you can run every bit as good as Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt Jr. in that ride, which is saying quite a bit, you're sitting there looking at 2017. Would you pick a car that's going to finish 25th on a good day, or would you go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to hedge my bets and I'm going to be the super sub for everybody? Um 
with the way NASCAR goes nowadays with guys being able to miss races, I think maybe being a super sub is going to be a good uh, career for that young man. Uh, Brian Vickers kept his name in the running yep. for a few years being the super sub. And Bowman, uh, you know, is still a young kid. So I think we're looking at a situation where he really turned a lot ahead, but he can't bring a big 5 to $10 million sponsor. And so far, a sponsor is not willing to take a gamble on him, but uh, or an owner, for that matter, except for one that needed a substitute. And, of course, he did have a good relationship with Dale Earnhardt Jr., you know, they were good buddies, and, and he had proven himself to Junior in his equipment and was right in line for uh, being the super sub. So I really hope the kid gets a break out of this. I don't want to see the break at the expense of Dale Earnhardt Jr., but I would love to see this kid get a chance to run full-time for a season in top-notch cup equipment. I think he, he is a top-ten driver right now in good equipment. Dennis, uh, thank you as always. We appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, what's your prediction next year for the Cubs? Uh, for the Cubs, I'm going to say they're going to win fewer games, but they're going to be uh, in the hunt when it counts at the end of the year. Um, you know, right now, I'm just on too much of a uh, World Series hangover. I'm still having to, to think that this is some kind of, you know, a cruel joke and we're going to find out that they got to play another game seven tomorrow. <laughs> that's that's the logic of a Cubs fan. But uh, no, I I think uh, 98 wins for the season is is looking good. They're going to lose a couple of players, and they can't possibly have as much uh, luck as they had this year. That's true. And I just want to let you know they did not have five million people down there. Uh, you know, it was uh, the same uh, group that. And with that, we're going to go take a break. You've been listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Long order friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. When we come back after this break, we'll talk to Timothy Frost on the business of auto racing. On the fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Yeah, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. They can be found on the web at milwcar.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Tim Frost. Mr. F I don't know. It's, well, he's the publisher of the National Speedway Directory track guide, and he's kind of the or, or racing insider especially on the business of auto racing. Welcome to the show, Tim. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, good to uh, speak to you and your audience today. I'm a fan. <laughs> I want to start off uh, the thing that kind of broke uh, this week, and especially when it comes to dollars, is Lance Stroh uh, being named to the number two or uh, the second car at the Williams team in Formula One. This is a, a gentleman whose father is uh, has very deep, pro uh, deep pockets, 
He's a major investor with Tommy Hilfiger and other other uh, things in, in racing and whatnot. And uh, spent about $8 million to get his uh, son to where he is now. And a lot of people are saying, well, he just bought his way in that. But one of the things, he's won pretty much everywhere he's gone. And uh, Williams' uh, Formula One team is one of these teams that it's, it's, it's not a manufacturer like uh, Ferrari or Mercedes or Renault. And uh, they've been kind of running in. The, they're not having the financial problems that maybe like a Sauber is having or Force India. But uh, when, when a driver can bring that kind of money uh, to their second car and the kid's a decent driver, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it, in, in today's world? Yeah, uh, auto racing uh, gets a lot of discussion when we enter the term pay-to-play um, for this. This is not unlike uh, any other type of sports, but when we have dollars that it takes to compete and to fund the various operations uh, of an expensive business like auto racing, um, it's not uncommon to go through and happen. But one of the things we have to remember is anybody that, that is competing at these levels has had to have spent time in the seat through the various uh, feeder series and everything else like that. And so, therefore, they, they do have to be a proven product. They can't be an unsafe person uh, on the track or else there's going to be um, some discussion. So, yeah, that's the economic reality of, uh, of business and in sports, uh, but it gets a lot of scrutiny in auto racing. Uh, one one other subject that's been a kind of a, been mentioned uh, throughout the year is the TV TV ratings. Of course, we've been hearing uh, the TV's you know, ratings have been going down in NFL this year, very surprisingly, because they've been so rock hard in the past. But uh, the ratings for NASCAR uh, on the Sprint Cup side have been kind of uh, in peril a bit. Uh, what, what's going on in NASCAR? Well, I think we're, we're seeing that also in NASCAR. I mean, again, it's been a lot of discussion um, for that on, you know, Monday mornings when the ratings come out for this. But yeah, they have definitely, the economics of our sport have been at the highest levels, continue to be challenged with we're seeing uh, the publicly traded companies reduce their seating capacity anywhere between 30 and 40 percent. Uh, at most of their major cup venues, um, we then have seen the uh, the television ratings have come down. Fortunately, they just re-signed a major contract uh, two years ago, which gives them contractually obligated income, uh, so they're not seeing the fit right there. Um, I do think that there may be uh, a little bit of uh, smugness on uh, the people at NASCAR seeing how the NFL is actually taking a little bit of it on the chin right there. But again, you know, what we're having to do is, and, and even the, the, the league properties and, and the media companies have not been able to go through and really establish this, uh, a way to benchmark or metric or measure all of the platforms that people are watching these devices on um, from that. And I don't think when we hear the ratings earlier in the week uh, that we truly see all these additional viewers that are watching in various places and on personal uh, mobile devices. And then uh, the the other thing, and Dennis and I were, were talking about this in the segment prior. Uh, w w what's going on with the title sponsorship in NASCAR? You know, Sprint Cup is is leaving, um, is that's expiring at the end of the year, and we haven't heard anything. Here we are approaching Thanksgiving, and we still don't know who's going to be the title sponsorship next year. Yeah, well, one of the things that we, we all have to agree upon, uh, you know, what we really don't know, there's surprises on many fronts. Uh, we did see that, um, you know, there's two ways to look at when you're pricing or selling a property is do you 
do you discount that property? You hold out to go and uh, get the price that will not go and really re reflect any decline in value um, for that. So um, again, from a from a business standpoint, it's a huge contributor to NASCAR, which we're seeing anywhere between you know probably uh, 35 to 50 million of hard cash to a business like NASCAR is pretty substantial for that. Um, however, uh, they may choose to find the right partner for that um, that's in there. So, um, again, we do know that uh, other teams and sponsorships, season's being cut up with that, and I'm sure it's no different than uh, for NASCAR. But, again, they've got a prime property in there. They've been doing this a long time, and uh, they do have a good stable of brands. So um, they'll, they'll deliver. I, you know, we can guarantee it because it's obviously in their best interest. Tim, what's uh, what's the latest happening? Uh, or I should say, what's the latest? I said, can we still get your Speedway National Directory and uh, track guide? Yeah, the National Speedway Directory 2016 edition is out. Our 37th uh, year of publication uh, lists over 1,300 tracks in the United States and Canada. And your listeners can go and find more information available at speedwaysonline.com. There's listing of all the tracks in their local area, along with events uh, that are happening on a week-in, week-out basis for the rest of the 2016 year. Very good. We certainly appreciate you coming on the show. It's always insightful, and uh, we look forward to seeing you down at PRI, um, which is uh, in Indianapolis in the uh, second week in December, uh, the Performance Racing Industry Show. Uh, t t tell the folks just real quickly uh, uh, w w what type of show that is. The... Um uh, Performance Racing Industry Show, they'll be celebrating their 32nd year. It's a trade-only event. It's for the businesses that uh, that operate in this sector, a lot of suppliers and manufacturers of race car parts and safety parts and machining companies uh, that do it. A lot of the race teams that uh, compete in uh, the upper Midwest and in Wisconsin and those local short tracks, those drivers and team owners typically go down there to see the new equipment. So it's a large event, almost uh, 1 million uh, square feet uh, viewing area. They've got approximately 45,000 people and 1,200 exhibitors. So definitely the high point of the off-season for most people in the racing industry. All right. Well, certainly appreciate you coming on the show, and we'll look forward to chatting with you next time. You're list you're, uh, we're listening to Tim Frost and the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. After 80 years of helping Wisconsin homeowners, Great Midwest Bank knows a thing or two about trying or helping you buy, build, refinance, or renovate. Visit greatmidwestbank.com. They're ready when you are. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show on 105.7 FM, the fan courtesy of the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on the web at milwcar.com. It's time now for a sports flash with Matt Barlow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.